0: Like most of us comms professionals, I have my stats on opening rates and click rates and attendance to meetings, and I do collect that information, but I hardly ever look at the numbers as such, but I look at the trends.
1: Hello and welcome to Masters of Comms, the podcast for transformative communication techniques straight from the pros. In the next episode, our guest expert will share her recommendations on how to retain the best talent during times of inflation. I'm Lamar Williams, host of Masters of Comms, as well as partnership manager at Sociable. Today, I'm accompanied by our guest from BIP Group, Danny Lindley, Director of Communications, Collaborations and Marketing. Hello, Danny. Welcome to Masters of Comms.
0: Hello, Lamar. Great to be here.
1: So Danny, would you mind taking a minute to just introduce yourselves to our listeners?
0: Absolutely. Yes, I am Danny Lindley. I'm the director of communications, marketing and collaboration for BIP UK and BIP US. I have over 15 years business experience now across various industries. And for the past seven and a half years, I've been in charge of the communications for BIP UK and US. And it is my lovely duty to ensure that we create trust, transparency and engagement across our business.
1: That's fantastic. And really, before we get into the hard questions today, would you mind telling us who BIP is and what you guys do?
0: With pleasure. So BIP is a global management consultancy, and we are specializing in digital transformation. That means we design, we develop and deliver sustainable solutions. And we do that at pace and at scale with the aim to create value for our customers, for our employees, for our shareholders, and really importantly, for the wider society. And on that note, I'm incredibly proud to say that here in the UK and the US, we've recently have become a B Corp business, which really underpins our commitment to be a force for good.
1: Fantastic. Congratulations. Well, Danny, today we're going to talk about the importance of an internal communication strategy. To retain talent through tough times of inflation and global economic change. And what we've seen is that the global economy has been experiencing what I would call a significant shift in its business infrastructures, which is also having an impact on talent. And since COVID, the talent community is more willing to make drastic shifts in their career and pretty much at the drop of a hat. Now, Do you share the same feeling and maybe what were some of the challenges that you faced that big group to retain talent?
0: Yes, I can only echo that really. The talent market in the consulting sector has always been hot, as we know, but it really started boiling over the last few years and we felt that. So during COVID, several consultancies had to let people go. We were lucky enough that we didn't have to do that. But now that the other consultancies are rebuilding their talent pools, they're of course hunting for the best talent out there. Now, due to us having, if I may say so, quite outstanding people, we're being targeted heavily. And today, and back in the day, we were working predominantly from home. So that basically means changing employers is changing the laptop you're working on. Close the bit one today, open consultancy XYZ one tomorrow.
1: Huh, interesting. So could you possibly define the internal communication strategy and techniques that you put in place to help resolve this issue of talent retention? And maybe tell us why you feel or felt that it was necessary to make this strategic communication change at that moment?
0: Yes, let me start with uh, your last question first, why we felt it necessary to make this change. So we needed to make sure that our people continued to feel really connected to us, ensuring that people didn't have this feeling of leaving us is just closing our bit laptop, right? So we aim to translate our unique and wonderful company culture into the wor- virtual world. To do that, we went into what I call fierce listening mode and we reacted even more swiftly to the feedback that we picked up from the business. That in turn meant we embraced our culture where trial and error is encouraged. And so we started to experiment. Really exciting. Of course, I I have to say, you know, there's much more to it. To retention than just communications. But comms is and was the glue that held it all together. So, if I bring that back to the basics, in a nutshell, our strategy was to ensure full transparency and true, open, two way communications in which we really took people's concerns seriously and reacted with kindness and empathy. To give you an example of an experiment of a perhaps a little bit more innovative comms technique that was the answer to a request from our people. They wanted a much more direct connection to our most senior business leaders. So we launched Speak with the Management Board. The format initially was met with quite a bit of cynicism to be honest. And people didn't really believe this was going to land and and be be a real thing. But soon people did realize the value that it does bring. And today it is actually one of our highly valued comms channel in my comms ecosystem. The setup itself is incredibly simple um, because we needed to keep admin and prep time really minimal. Given that at the time when we launched this, I was the only full-time comms resource. So once a month, our management board stand up virtually, of course, in front of the whole business and they answer any questions people might have. Now, the questions range from anything from how are we ensuring we will hit our EBITDA target to what are you personally most excited about for the next year? So- anything really goes. And people can submit their questions in the session um, and they can use the Teams chat. They can raise their hand, come off mute and have a conversation like we're having right now, or they can ask them completely anonymously via another platform. And so far, our management board have really answered every single question. I think overall, this is a very powerful session that we have created, mainly because it's not scripted. So it doesn't feel staged or or fake, but really authentic. So our management board tell it how it is and they listen to what people have to say and their comments and their remarks. Now, because they're not scripted, they're also quite relaxed like this. And the management board can come across very natural. So with the odd joke here and there, and it makes it really a nice, intimate atmosphere. Well, at least that's what the feedback tells me. This was also a really great tool for us to address the fears of the business during COVID. And we were able to tackle questions such as, will we all be let go very soon? Which, of course, the answer was a big, big no. Well, now we use these sessions to discuss big company news or topics which we know might need some reinforcement with the business. But when we do that, I can only stress, we do this with a slide or two in the first 10 minutes to kickstart some of the questions. But it is really about the questions from people. So it is centered around that. And so we don't want to take that time away. And all sessions are recorded so people can catch up on demand as well.
1: I love the fact that you are centered in on authentic voices. And yes, uh, transparency, I think is a, a key factor alongside trust in organizations today. But you know, it's all about simply how do you do it? So how do you build trust and transparency within your comms and engagement ecosystem, otherwise meaning your employees? Could you... Describe the tools that assisted you in putting your communication strategy into place really to reinforce your talent base.
0: Happy to. Absolutely. Maybe a little bit more left field, but at the top of my list is strong leadership advocacy. I know it's strictly speaking not the tool, but I think to me, it's the secret sauce. We don't really use a lot of tools, to be honest. We just try to orchestrate them really, really well. So we use Office 365 in the best ways possible to be transparent and to keep our people informed. An example of that, I have coined the phrase breadcrumb information. It basically means that we don't hold back with information until it's all done and dusted. But we actually talk about it from the moment that we start to work on it. And a great example was our rebrand recently in the last year. Not even 24 hours after the decision was made that we are going to rebrand, we actually told our people. Now, at that point, we didn't have a full plan. We didn't have all the details, but we had the goal of becoming BIP UK and BIP US. And that is literally what we said. And we even asked our people to get involved and help us build the details and the plan and how to approach that, which was received really, really well. And it gave our people a sense of ownership. So I guess if you, if you call leadership advocacy and breadcrumbing information, um, if you can call that tools, then that's what we did. In addition, I also made Make sure that I really listen to our people carefully when they have suggestions for improvements. I then trial them in the sense of experimenting. And I then give praise openly to the person who ever suggested what we should be changing. That means that people can really see that their voices matter. And if it's something that doesn't work over time, we'll change it again. Nothing is really set in stone for us. And it's on a constant path of improvement, which just means we're keeping true to creating transparency, trust and engagement. As I said, I'm really lucky that I have a lot of freedom to do these things. And that means our people feel It is worth for them to suggest changes. I mean, if it has to go through a massive approval process and perhaps something changes in six months down the line, they would have forgotten that they even raised it uh, and have moved on. An example of an improvement that we made recently was actually our monthly newsletter. So at the end of it, it features all the upcoming events for the next month. And one of our colleagues realised when she looked at it that she didn't have one of the sessions in her diary. Now, she then made use of the feedback form at the end of the newsletter and said, can we please have a link with a form in the section of the upcoming events where people can then say that they don't have an invite. Now, I thought that was a brilliant idea. So the next edition, I added the new form. I put that into a sentence, calling out her name, saying, thank you for this great suggestion. And lo and behold, since then, several people have actually used it. So before we were not really aware that for one reason or another, they didn't have an invite. But now they have a very easy way to get in touch without having to think who best to contact. So it actually brought some of our people to events who would have missed out otherwise.
1: Yeah, I would say these activities such as these inevitably generate more activity from employees. The question is, how do you quantify it? So in addressing ROI, what were some of the key indicators uh, that you established for your internal communication strategy? And how did you measure the impact of those indications or those indicators on retention?
0: That's a really good question. I really wish I could now say, by the fact that attrition went down, and that would be fabulous. But I think we all know that A, comms is really only one factor that plays a role in the very complex KPI of attrition. And B, perhaps due to my work, the attrition wasn't any higher than it would have been. So, you know, we will never really know. So unfortunately, I don't have the secret to make that correlation one-to-one really work. But I do use a whole range of metrics and inputs to gain an understanding of how things land. Almost all of my comms channels have feedback loops built in, like I said, with the newsletter. And I really encourage people to share their thoughts. They are then a really good indicator that I can use, but it's nothing more than that really on its own. And of course, like most of us comms professionals, I have my stats on opening rates and click rates and attendance to meetings. And I do collect that information, but I hardly ever look at the numbers as such, but I look at the trends and then the other influences that might affect those numbers. Like we know that during August, things are incredibly slow because people are on leave. So we ended up taking a comms break during summer. No all hands meetings, no monthly newsletters, only our weekly update newsletters to ensure that people are in the loop. Uh, of the most important things and that we do cater to that transparency. I then also ensure that I speak to a lot of people, as I said, in our business, and I do that very regularly to hear from them what they think. This is over a coffee, right? This is not a formal session. This is just a, a chat. And I make sure that I get any feedback from exit interviews as well that might relate to comms and engagement. So to my work. And then I add all of that richness of information, of, of stories to my stats and my metrics And that overall gives me quite a decent picture. And I can see then how trends are moving, in which direction, based on adjusting things, which we are changing based on feedback. Coming back to retention, just in December, for example, I received feedback from an exit interview and that person was leaving and they were actually quite impressed and called that out by our comms and engagement landscape. And they really hope that we could continue the good work we're doing. And I guess, you know, this goes to show there is just not that one-to-one correlation we can draw from people leaving to communications. But I feel it's really important to understand the trends and hear the voices in order to tell our story over time.
1: Yeah, it's excellent to see that you are really focused in on qualitative feedback. So with all that you've seen, what would be the key recommendations that comms professionals should adopt to retain talent?
0: It's a good question. I think there are probably three key learnings that I took from the past few years to be authentic and honest to be your audience and to experiment and praise. When I say be authentic and honest, I mean that sometimes we have to give messages that are simply not great to hear for our business. But sugar coating, smokes and mirrors, all of those things, that's not going to do any good in the long run. So I have found that these messages, which we have to give, do go down a lot better when they are being delivered by one or more of our management board. So we do this in a call with direct possibility for people to ask questions and a follow-up possibility to ask questions after the call as well. For those who either couldn't join or, like me, need a moment longer to process what has been said and what has been heard, but don't sugarcoat. By be your audience, I mean, don't just listen to the people you're communicating to, but actually walk in their shoes. It's it's very easy for us to focus on the messages, and I do that all the time. We need to get them out the door. They come from leadership and then from the business overall, and we do forget what it does feel like on the receiving end. So perhaps think about reaching out to the people in the business you're communicating with and ask them not just to tell you, but actually to take you along on a day in their lives that makes them feel valued and let them show you how they access and process messages and information in general. If you keep doing that regularly, rotating through the business and ensuring that people feel valued and heard, and then you praise them when you implement any changes, that has really an impact. Which brings me to the experiment and praise part. So, praise improvement suggestions and implementing them directly. Uh, I know, you know, this is might be more difficult depending on your organization. But I think we all know how important listening is to communications and getting suggestions from the business is really vital. But we also know it is not always easy to obtain and get that information out of people. So what I found is to show people that it is worth their time. Therefore, implement the suggestions immediately and then shout about it. If there is a new section suggested for your newsletter, then just add the new headline in the next edition, thank the person who suggested it at the end of the paragraph. And then you're basically granting people that instant gratification, which means they will feel heard and valued. And we have a lot of areas where we as communicators can actually do that. So let's cut out on the red tape and make it happen. I think these are probably more general tips and not just to retain talent, but To me, it is all about being valued and heard and treated with respect and kindness. An important thing around these tips is also that they don't require a bigger budget. We all know that is really hard to come by. So the points I've talked about, they should be able to be implemented alongside with the things that you're already doing.
1: Fantastic. Words to live by every day. Well, Danny, I would like to ask you one final question that I enjoy asking all of our guest experts of Masters of Comms. Would you mind sharing maybe the title of a book or a film that had a significant impact on you recently and why?
0: Mm, Absolutely, love to. This might be a bit unconventional, but actually a book I reread over Christmas had quite an impact on how I started my year. Over Christmas, I found lockdown parenting fails in my bookshelf again. And it's basically just a collection of what parents were up to during lockdown. They share funny anecdotes and very short little paragraphs. And it did make me chuckle, but that wasn't the actual point of it. So afterwards, I realized that the real value I drew from... It was a sense of pride and probably a kinder outlook not just on myself but on the world. It was such an excellent and funny reminder of how much we've all achieved during those hard years of of lockdown and how far we have come since. It was a reminder for me to be kind to myself and to the people around me as we were easing into these new ways of working still. And it did make me proud of myself and my colleagues and my family and my friends, because we were all heroes in our own ways. And I think we continue to be exactly that, everyday heroes.
1: That's great. And it sounds like kindness is a key word that we should take to all our communications teams. Thank you for joining us and responding to all my questions today, Danny.
0: An absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: This has been Masters of Comms, a podcast for transformative communication techniques straight from the pros. Follow us here to get the next episode. See you soon.